Principal Matters Podcast, episode 363. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week we bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas. This week, I'm back with my co-host, Jen Schwanke, Deputy Superintendent at Dublin City Schools and author of three great books and a fourth coming out in February. Jen, welcome back to Principal Matters. This week, we're going to talk about building stronger, authentic relationships with a question from a listener. How are you doing, Jen? And maybe you can set up today's show for us. Oh, Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> hi. Hi, Will. And hi, listeners. Um, I'm happy to set up the the show today. We're, we're pretty excited about this topic. Um, this comes from a question from a listener. And the listener says, okay, you know, I've got a small school and um, I'm really struggling with the fact that maybe because of COVID, post-COVID, everybody seems to be working in a silo-like mentality. And we seem to have trouble shaking out of this. And so the principal is saying, how do I help my staff build relationships that are authentic? Um, how can we be more cohesive? I, you know, this principal doesn't want to just come to school and have a whole bunch of individuals who happen to work at the same place. And I love this question because I think a lot of principals are struggling with this. And I don't know if it's, if, if it is, has been intensified as we recover from COVID or if this is something that's been on principal's mind since the earth cooled, I suspect it's the latter. I suspect principals are always thinking about this. I do too. And um, Jen, I just have to throw in something that probably wasn't being listened to on your side, but on my side, um, <laughs> Alexa just alerted that someone's at my door. So if that came across to Principal Banner's listeners, I apologize for the distraction, but you know the joy of recording right. from our homes. Um, <laughs> so let me circle back, Jen, and say to this principal, Thank you for having your finger on the pulse of what matters most with your teachers and your staff, because you and I both know that unless that cohesive, authentic, vibrant, that, that word cohesive is the one that's standing out to me the most, unless that environment is existing among our teachers, we will not be effectively serving students. I mean, we, we can go through the motions, we can still increase learning, et cetera, but you and I both know that healthy cultures are what creates best outcomes for student learning. And when teachers feel connected and trusted and where they enjoy working with one another, man, it's in, it's infectious. You and I both know that from schools we worked in, but also from schools we visit, you can feel that energy when people are connected. Well, and do you remember when, when we started thinking about this, I went back to last February when you and I worked together in Oklahoma, we were presenting to a large group. And one of the things that I said to the group was schools are a lot like family. And I think it will help this principal to think about that because I know as a, as a mother and as a wife, there's times I'm like, what's everybody doing in their room? Come on, everybody get out here. Let's all have dinner together. Let's all go on a walk. Let's all go to the movies. And so I think there is an a instinct in a lot of people to withdraw and to go into a space that um, might not challenge them at that moment. And especially when you work with teenagers or young adults, sometimes they just don't want to deal with the larger picture, right? But as a principal or as a parent or as a spouse or whatever partner, you might 
have to think about how to draw people out as you would a family. So I think we have some ideas, Will, that we're excited to share with listeners. Let's do it. Let's talk about some strategies. And again, every time you and I share ideas, Jen, they're not prescriptive, but they're certainly based on the experiences that we've seen in our schools or in other schools. So why don't you go first and talk a little bit about some ideas where where a, a leader can pull people together? Right. Well, I think the first thing to do is to not take it all on yourself. Um, you know, you can't, one person cannot a cohesive school make. One person can have the vision and one person can say, hey, this is where I want us to go. But they, a, a principal needs to ask for help. Um, don't go at it alone. Um, and and by that, I mean, maybe maybe you pull a team of teachers together and ask them explicitly, why do you think that people are working alone right now? Are they overwhelmed? Is there a, a trust issue? Do they maybe not know each other? Do we have too many new staff members who, with whom we haven't had a um, way to connect them? I think that you need to get to the root of the silo and you can't do it alone. Every single time in my career where I have thought, oh, I know the answer to the why, if I've asked somebody else, I've had a different perspective. And I thought, oh, that would have been a misstep if I went alone with what I thought the reason was and therefore what I thought the solution was. So my idea there is um, to this principal and any principal who is facing this question, get a team, ask other people. And this might be formal. It might be a formal meeting where five or six of you sit down and talk about it. Or you may just start to gather little tidbits from people as you're ha having casual conversations in the hallways or in classrooms or in walkthroughs, that kind of thing. Jen, I was coaching a couple of different leaders recently, um, not connected at all, completely different places and, and districts and roles and responsibilities. And they were both communicating a very similar sentiment that this listener is. And one of them actually used these terms. He was talking about trying to understand both the smarts and the hearts of, of the people with whom he was working. And in response to his trying to figure out the next step he should take, I asked him, when is the last time you communicated your heart to the, to the people that you're trying to serve? And so what I like about that suggestion you made, which is just ask outright, sometimes it's also important to communicate outright, hey, I'm concerned. I, this is what I'm viewing. This is what I think I'm sensing. Can you help me understand this? But also just communicating your heart, which is I want us to be a cohesive team. I want us to be healthy. I want us to be functioning. I want us to work together. And, and the second friend I'm referencing was sharing with me this summer how he recognized in his leadership team, um, and he leads at a very high district level, uh, in his leadership team, he was recognizing the need for more cohesiveness among that group. And they had been pouring a lot of time and effort and energy into supporting all of the other layers of leadership below them, but not their own. And so he set intentional times for this coming school year to pull together that team with that direct goal. And he communicated that to them on the front end. This is my heart. This is what I want to do because I value this. And so now he has scheduled into his year and all of their time too, the same thing they were scheduling in for all the other development they were doing, but for one another. And so I just think it's so important to be able to communicate your heart to people and then ask them those important questions that you you were asking too. Um, what do you value? Um, what do you maybe regret about the work that you're doing? But just giving them an opportunity. In fact, those were two questions 
that I actually, um, my friend told me that when they had their very first meeting, he opened with those two questions. Tell me what you value the most about your work here. And then tell me about a regret you have from the time you've been here. And he mm-hmm. said that opened up a lot of great conversation. And I've actually borrowed those questions and used them now myself when working with groups. And it's really eye-opening and it brings people together in a way that sometimes you don't, unless you're intentional. I'm writing this down. Sorry, listeners, for the pause. I love that. What do you, you know, what is it that you love about this could be a question? And then what do you regret? Because that might lead to some real soul searching there. I love Mm -hmm. that. So how do you do it? I think we talked more conceptually now, but let's dig into what specific things your leadership team might come up with in term or, or whoever you have at the table thinking about this with you. Um, go ahead. Why don't you take, no, I'm going to say, because you and I both served at all different levels, but I want you to talk from the elementary perspective for just a little bit. And then let me talk from the secondary perspective, just to help people kind of get some, some um, context for some of these ideas. Sure. Sure. I, when I first thought about this question, I thought, oh, I wonder if this principal has a social committee. And then I thought every building has some sort of a social committee where you send a card if somebody um, isn't doing well or if somebody has experienced a loss. And then I thought it has to go a little deeper than that. Those things are important, but there has to be a way that people get out of that silo and really get to know each other. And so an idea that I had was um, an outing together, whether it's at your house, at the principal's house or at a park somewhere where people can come out and um, just be together. And I have found it to be um, helpful to have a brief meeting. And I'm using, if, if listeners could see me, I'm very aggressively doing air quotes here. Something that starts you off so that you as a principal are standing there and sharing your vision, your hearts and your smarts, like you said. And um, you might have an agenda, you might go through some things, but then after that, you shift into food and fellowship where people can talk, where they can eat, where they can snack. But then I also think it's crucial to give them back that time. So if you have something after school, say, where everybody hangs out and you have your brief meeting, then you might say, okay, we were able to cover everything that we were going to cover in next week's staff meeting or department meeting. So we're going to go ahead and cancel that one. And so people know that this is not one more thing they have to do. And then therefore they're not resentful, but it's something that they're um, proactively um, saving themselves time later. And Jen, you may have said this, but I, I'm looking at some of the notes you and I shared ahead of time, but um giving them back the time that you're asking them to be in meetings can be helpful too. So if you're going to pull people together and you can somehow abbreviate something else that you're having them do um, because people really value that time at the secondary level, especially since that's where most of my experience was um, I try to think about, well, how can we build time together into the extra times we're going to be here anyway, like school activities or ball games or parent nights, all those kinds of things. So how can I build time in together into those? So one of the things that um, in my former district, and this was actually an initiative led by my superintendent, was he always hosted a tailgate party. And so it was just so much fun to show up before the work, you know, because the work is when the kids are there. So to show up before the work and just have fun, eating food together, catching up together, or finding a place where everybody wants to sit together at events so that you can have that camaraderie while you're together at events. Um, and and I, I wrote this note down too, which may sound weird, but if you're trying to build intentional relationships, you should know your people well enough to know who needs to be there and who needs to go home. Mm 
because sometimes there are people that you sh you should know your folks well enough to know that I'm so glad you stayed for this event, but there may be somebody who's got an aging parent at home that they need to go care for, or they may have an infant. And so um, I can just think back in my experience as a young dad, the many times that some of my older leaders would recognize I'd been gone all day. I hadn't seen my family all week. And they would just say, hey, Will, I got this. Um, right. I got this. Why don't you just head home? I'll take care of shutting it down tonight. And so it, just just recognizing those important qualities of the people you work with, they go a long way, Jen. Right. Well, and I'm glad, Will, that you made a distinction here between elementary and secondary because I think the challenges are quite different. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, I, I remember talking to a high school principal who said, oh, I talked to my you know, my staff all the time at football games, at soccer games, at plays, I just sit there, you know, or performing arts. I sit there and I touch base with them and elementary doesn't have those things embedded. So we have to either create them or find them. And so I'm glad you made that distinction. I think a lot of elementary principals feel like they don't have those natural settings. And so they have to have to create them. Um, yeah, but you guys have amazing morning meetings. I'm just going to oh. say, Yes, I'm just we gonna do. say <laughs> all the donuts. Say, donuts I, I'm just like who yes. who else gets to start their day off like dancing every day? Oh, and oh, so, yeah, yes. you, you younger exactly. Years. Well, and and to that point, things like bus duty and recess duty. I used to love going out to recess because I'd find a few teachers to chat with. First of all, it makes the time go faster because any elementary person knows that a 15 minute recess is actually 800,000 minutes. So you have to find somebody to talk talk to, right? And I love to ask questions like, what brought you here? You know, what was your journey? Tell me about yourself. Tell me about your kids. Tell me what they care about. So just getting getting to know people that way. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that, how to frame. Um, I'm sorry, Jen. To, no, um, we have so many things to say. We, we do. So, so, uh, so <laughs> I want to, I want to take us to the, to the next suggestion, which is how do we frame our meetings? Because we know there's always business that needs to be conducted, but how do we frame those meetings in a way that also embeds connection? Well, I always had a fun um, way to start meetings and I didn't do this all the time, but I did do it when I felt like we were kind of losing um, touch with one another. And so I would start meetings, small or large, with other people sharing about somebody else in the room. And of course it had to be positive, but I would say, okay, share it. Let's have five people just share a quick tidbit that they've noticed or that they've seen about someone else in this room. And I would frame it. So I would say, give it a, a school focus or a home focus, an extracurricular focus, dumb facts. I remember distinctly one meeting I opened, I said, okay, everybody um, think of a dumb fact that you know about a colleague. And I remember one woman raising her hand and she said, Dawn has never had her ears pierced. And everybody's like, Dawn, you've never had your ears pierced. And of course, everybody's now looking at Dawn's ears. And Dawn's like, no, I, I just never wanted to. It seems like a terrible idea. And I remember another one saying, um, so-and-so has never been to Michael's craft store. What? Everybody's been to Michael's. And so it became this, this fun little um, opening that then I... I heard it carry through the lounge. You've never had your ears pierced. And then it told, um, somebody told stories about her grandmother who had those fake earrings, those big old clunky costume jewelry. And so it just connected and it was a dumb facts opening, you know? That's so that's just one fun idea. Yeah, well, Jen, can I share a quick dumb fact about myself? <laughs> Please. We want to know. Like, I, I have never watched Ted Lasso. And what I'm discovering is that like so many leaders watch this. I was in a training last week in Louisville, Kentucky, and right in the middle of the training, a principal raises his hand and goes, well, that's such a great point. It reminds me of what Ted Lasso said. And he starts quoting that. And everybody in the room was like nodding their heads. And I'm like, right. All right. 
dumb fact. <laughs> I need to, I know, I need dumb to start fact. watching Ted Lasso. Uh, there's some listener out there right now that's going to be emailing me with an encouragement to watch Ted Lasso. So, oh, everybody believes in Ted Lasso. Yes. And I, maybe we should do a dumb facts episode about ourselves. Cause I have a few too. <laughs> I'm, I have one right now that I'm not going to share because I know I will get emails telling me that I'm wrong. <laughs> so um, I won't do that. No, so, but I, um, I love that idea, Jen. Yeah. Dumb facts. So um, you had an idea about this too. Um, yeah. Well, about- when you ask your staff to get together, um, I love the idea of, of, remembering the human quality of having them working. So if you're the only one speaking, you're probably running a meeting that people don't want to be at. It's think about how you embed the expertise of others who actually know more than you do about things like their own curriculum or activities happening within the school or sometimes school safety. And then I also think, and this is going to sound so like, uh, well, please don't ask me to do this, but I'm just going to go there anyway. Um, set norms with your staff. Like if you're having meetings with your staff, ask them at the front end, if you've never done this before, what do you want from our time together? Ask them and let them share what they value about the time that they're sitting in those settings together. And some of them may say things that surprise you. Some of them may say things that offend you. Some of them may say things that inspire you. But most of the time when you give others an opportunity to say what they want in a meeting, then they own those outcomes. For instance, right. if they say to you, I want to start an end on time, then you're like, all right, we're committed to starting an end on time. Is everybody else committed to starting an end on time? We want this to be meaningful and not stuff you could just give us through an email. All right, look at this agenda. Is there anything on here that we could just email you and I don't have to waste your time talking about? And so, and in fact, I've mentioned this before, Jen, but I used to pull some of my leader teachers together before staff meetings and have them go through my agenda and mark out the stuff that was going to be a waste of time or tell me the things that I'm not including that should have been included. So again, it's that collaborative welcoming other people into the process so that your meetings become a place where you're re-energized by each other's presence, not deflated by just another meeting. Right, right. Well, that meme, you know, I just attended another staff meeting that could have been emailed. You know, you should make it a mission to not have anybody use that meme after one of your meetings, right? I love it. Can you talk about what you mean by focusing on good gossip? Yeah. So gossip has such a negative connotation as it should, because gossip is toxic, but there's, um, principals can think about ways that good gossip can bring people out of their silos. So I'm envisioning at the end of a staff meeting or at the end of a staff newsletter that you send every week, you talk about people and the wonderful things they're doing in a way that inspires them to go seek out more information. So here's an example. Hey, everyone, I just, I don't know if you've seen, but Marianne has built a amazing new system in her specialized learning center. You guys should stop by and see that if you have time. Or, hey, everyone, there is a new classroom set up in the EL department. You really need to go take a look. So shout out to the EL team for their ingenuity and their time this summer setting up their department. Um, And it could be personal stuff, too. So, hey, everyone, just remember Nate's daughter's getting married this weekend. Let's wish him well. Um, Anything that will elicit conversation between people in a positive way. So again, you heard me give two examples that were more in the professional realm. And then you heard me give an example that's on the personal realm. This is positive gossip that gets people talking about and to each other. I never do this without 
asking permission ever. Mm-hmm. I, I say, you know, Hey, I just think this is really incredible. Do you mind if I share it with the staff? Because I think this is a way that we can all feel really good about the work they're doing or about the relationship that we have with one another. So I get permission and I also work to highlight not things that just matter to me, but things that I want that other people might notice and I might not. So um, you might even have fun with it and say to a couple of trusted colleagues or leaders in your building, what's some good gossip we can really highlight here? What's What will get people talking about one another in a positive way? I love that, Jen. And I'm going to steal a couple of ideas here from friends, but I have a good friend, Chris Legrand, who was the principal of Guthrie High School in Oklahoma. Now he's the executive director for Oklahoma's principals, Secondary Principals Association, where I used to be. And Chris had a longtime tradition at his school of traveling trophies. And those traveling trophies were for, I believe, different kinds of recognitions that were handed out at the end of every meeting that they had. And so one of them was like a like a, a big uh, yellow smiley face for someone who lights up the um, the day of someone else. And one of them was a big heart, you know, that, that for someone who's been serving with such passion in the work that they do. And one of them was like a golden hammer for somebody who's just been so determined and hardworking at, at the, what they did. And the cool part was, is that Chris didn't hand these out. They were traveling trophies. The, the tradition had begun years before where staff members were recognized, but then every time they returned to a meeting, they were responsible to hand it over to someone else on the team who had been displaying that same kind of quality. And it could be anybody, it could be staff, it could be teachers, it could be custodians. And so it became this, this um, expected tradition, but this wonderful way for the staff to continuously recognize one another in the work that they're doing. So I would just encourage leaders to think about your own traditional ways, whether it's inviting stories or having some in your back pocket, or in asking your teachers in advance to be prepared to, to share those celebrations too. Support for Principal Matters comes from School CEO. School CEO is a research and perspectives magazine for superintendents and other K-12 leaders powered by AptG. School CEO has many resources. First and foremost, their quarterly print magazine. Explore schoolceo.com to explore how you can market the strengths of your schools. You can sign up for their newsletter and subscribe to their podcast. And you should also look into the School CEO Conference, which brings keynote speakers together to explore how to build a better brand and culture in your school. Learn more at schoolceo.com. Support for Principal Matters comes from DigiCoach and its walkthrough tool. I want you to picture walking through classrooms, observing teachers and students. In just 10 minutes, you hope to see good instructional strategies and student learning taking place, or maybe you have some questions about something missing from instruction or planning. Instead of taking 30 minutes to write a follow-up email or leaving your teacher unsupported, wouldn't it be great to have an app on your phone or tablet where you could send immediate feedback while also collecting data? Enter DigiCoach, a customizable walkthrough and coaching tool created by school leaders for school leaders with thousands of pre-written, research-based commendations and coaching tips empowering you to provide quick, actionable feedback. 
DigiCoach is not an evaluation tool. Instead, it is an easy to use feedback and coaching tool, an efficient way to store your notes and to collect data for improving student outcomes right in your hands. It can be used on iPhone, Android, or tablets and includes speech-to-text functions. Make the most of your walkthroughs with a tool that saves you time and enhances meaningful feedback to your teachers. Go to digicoach.com to learn more, and please tell them Principal Matters recommended you check them out. That's digicoach.com. Well, and that is a great segue to what my final idea was, which is getting students involved. Mm. And um, I worked with a principal once who had a great tradition. Their um, their school buses were perpetually late, and um, it you know made people so mad all the time. But the bus, the, you know, the bus drivers couldn't do anything about it. It was a shortage of buses and a shortage of drivers, et cetera. So um, this person got the students involved and there was a traveling prize for the bus that came latest and the, the teachers that were on duty, instead of getting more angry about it, it was kind of like they got, the students got a prize and it was some silly little thing um, that I think that they gave to the driver. Everybody was kind of involved and it almost made fun of this lousy problem that they were all dealing with but it involved the students and so all of a sudden the students weren't mad if they had to stand out in the rain because they might get the traveling ribbon or whatever it was <laughs> so you can be creative about that but i think getting students involved in getting teachers out of their silos is actually easier than it sounds you can um, continue to encourage pro- project-based learning across teachers and teams friendly competition with students is always a wonderful way to get teachers into um, some exciting, good-natured um, ribbing with one another. Um, you can also do a showcase event. And I, I always say do these during the day so as not to add something to teachers' plates at night. But some sort of showcase event, whether the PE teacher has a jump roping competition or the art teacher showcases art and you make time in the day for um, teachers or students to actually stop by and see it and make comments, you know, positive comments about it or whatever, get people involved. Um, food always helps whether you have some sort of an event where parents drop things off and students help set it up. I mean, I'm just throwing a ton of ideas out there, but these are, I literally envision what will make teachers walk out of their classrooms with their students and be part of the bigger whole. Yeah. And even at the secondary level, Jen, I've seen this be so powerful when you involve your students. And for instance, um, some schools I work with will do houses where they'll right. group students up according to different groups within the school and have them compete throughout the school year, friendly competition in terms of just things that they're doing for school service or academic progress. We did that at the high school level at my last school by grade level. So our ninth graders, 10th graders, 11th graders, 12th graders, we would track throughout the school year their participation in spirit assemblies, their acts of kindness that they were doing throughout the day. And our student council was driving that because our student leaders actually came up with the idea. And it took us a couple of years to figure out how to implement it in a way that would not overwhelm teachers, but actually build morale. And the cool part was uh, we had this very easy to use form that a teacher could just fill out and submit anytime they saw a student doing something that they thought was worth rewarding or worth celebrating. And they would put that grade level in there. And we just kept a running tally. We included in morning announcements. 
announcing whose numbers were at where. And once a week, we would take these handouts of celebration, these little certificates when kids had been submitted for great um, activities or great behavior, and they'd get delivered in classes by other student leaders. And so it just created this atmosphere of ongoing recognition of good behavior uh, by teachers for their students, but it creates a a culture and an atmosphere that encourages us to look for the good. Yes. I want to wrap up today's conversation, Jen, with an analogy that I know I've used before, but you've heard the term once in a blue moon. Yes. And in right now, in the time of this recording in this, uh, we're talking in September and this will come out in a few weeks from now, but um, so whoever is listening to this at the time that it's come out, it's not, it's not a blue moon at the time you're listening, but right. this last week we've had a blue moon, which is a time in the lunar calendar where the moon has just been so bright that if you went outside at night, which we did, you could see a blue haze around it. It was just gorgeous. And you could see the the formations and the, the face of the moon so clearly. But I always like to remind myself that we, as beautiful as the moon is, no matter where I am on the face of the earth, I, I can only see one side of it. I can only, unless I get in a spaceship and go to the other side, I can only (laughs) see one side of it. And school leaders, I just want to remind you that when you're looking at your staff and your students and you're trying to figure out um, what's going on, remember that that you have a a privilege and a responsibility to explore that other side of the moon and, and to look for those things that are happening that maybe other people don't even know are happening that you could bring to light. Or maybe finding asking those hard questions so people can share with you what's going on so that you can address those and, and shine a light there. And as you are trying to be aware of both the challenges that people are facing, but also pointing the light on the celebrations of the good things that are happening, you're doing something that's just such a unique privilege as a school leader, which is taking people to the other side of the moon of your school. And so whatever you're facing right now, whether you've got high energy or you've got people struggling, and I'm going to guess it's a mix of both. Just, I love how you said, Jen, give yourself permission to look for good gossip. Give yourself permission to to be intentional about the ways that you connect with people, ask them questions, encourage their participation, don't do it alone, and then celebrate, celebrate, celebrate the things that you see going on that maybe if you don't celebrate them, no one knows they're, they're happening. So I hope that's helpful, Jen, for this listener that reached out. I know we've just kind of, we're pouring from the fire hose. But um, but I I think that at the end of the day, a principal who has a heart that cares about these things, um, they're going to be intentional about finding ways to build authentic relationships. Awesome, yeah, great idea. Sorry, I apologize to our listeners if we threw way too much at you at once, but it was a great question, and clearly we have ideas and excitement about this. So, good, good episode. I appreciate. I I am proud of this one. Will. Oh, me too. Well, principal matters, listeners. I want to thank you for the great work you do every single day, including taking people to the other side of the moon of your school. And Jen, I want to thank you for your expertise and and your contributions to helping listeners. How can folks stay connected with you? Yep. They can find me at jenschwanke.com or email me at jenschwanke at gmail.com. And you all know that you can find me at my website at williamdparker.com, which by the way, we've launched a new website. So if you want to go check that out, give it a look and give me some responses if there's if there's things we can be doing differently. And Jen, we even have a new look with our podcast app. And so um, just, I know those are small things uh-huh, in everyone I else's world, though. but they're big things in it. our world. 
I do. I love it. And I had several people say to me, like even people locally who would text me a screenshot and say, oh, I love the new color. So um, looks good. Yes, I love the refresh. Well, thanks everyone for listening this week and doing what matters. We'll talk to you again soon. You can find free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com. Check out the services link on williamdparker.com to learn more about leadership academies, mastermind offerings, and executive coaching. If you're planning professional development for the year ahead, or you're looking for keynote presentations from any of my books, please email me at will at williamdparker.com. Thank you for learning together today. And thanks again for doing what matters.